0: Hi, my name is Rick Bloodworth. It's Friday, so we're going to talk about finances today and today I wanted to share with you a particular type of strategy that will help you perhaps build some sort of a savings, some sort of a a safety net as well while you do that. And so, We're going to look at something that is just a suggestion. You want to look at your own situation, see if this will work for you. And I'm just going to be using some arbitrary, well maybe not arbitrary figures, but just some figures that will help as an example to show you how you might be able to uh, approach your budget as far as actually having an investment. We've been talking these last several weeks about the idea of getting your budget under control to the point where your first 10% after your contribution and your taxes is going to you. You're going to use the rest of that 90% to pay your regular bills, to pay down debt, but this 10%, the idea behind that, is it's yours to keep. It's yours to invest in the most prudent way you possibly can. Now having said that, I realize full well that some people's finances are in such a state that to be able to carve 10% for themselves to keep out of their budget may not be that realistic at first, which is all the more reason to start getting your finances under control to the point where you can do this. So, there are some uh, ideas as far as uh, getting out of debt. Dave Ramsey has some really good, very, very uh, time-tested methods to get out of debt, and I'd recommend that you look at some of his books, Financial Peace, is a book that I read well over 10 years ago and have used a lot of those ideas just as far as getting a budget together and getting out of debt so I would recommend that if you haven't uh, come across that book yet financial peace is something that you're going to be able uh, to find it's still in print you're going to find it in just about any bookstore probably find it online for a pretty good discount on eBay and Amazon and things like that so just something to keep in mind for that but Let's just start talking about this idea of the first 10% after contribution and after taxes that you're going to use for yourself. And I want to start it with a very simple budget. Maybe your situation is much better than this and you can afford to do more than that. Maybe you're not making quite this income and it'll be less. But the but the figures as far as the percentages will give you a good idea as far as how you might be able to approach this and so let's say you make after after your contribution after your giving and your taxes you're bringing home about three thousand dollars per month well ten percent of that's going to be three hundred dollars a month and so i would i would split that up into several categories if you haven't got all your debt paid down especially all your credit card debt paid down, even though you're already including that in your overall budget. I would, I would take about one-third of that ten percent, that three hundred dollars, and I would use it to start paying down my credit card even more. And here's the reason why I would do that. Let They say, I was looking at the, the averages just a, a bit ago, and the average interest rate on a credit card for 2024 is a little over 24%. That's 2% a month, every month. And so, if you have $5,000 in credit card, well, 2% of that is $100 a month that's just going to pay interest. It's not paying your balance down on on your credit card at all. So, that 24% is a pretty big amount on an annual basis and even when you split it up into a monthly basis that 2% is a huge amount and you're going to want to do something about that so out of your 10% if you've got credit card debt I would take one-third of that in the case of $300 a month that would be $100 a month and just start paying it down on your credit card the thing that you're going to like about this is the first time you pay off your credit card an extra $100 per month, the next month you're going to not own, you're going to save $2 just in interest. And so if you pay $100 down the next month well, now you've paid down $200, and the next month after that, you're going to save $4 in interest. It's going to be $2 a month for every month that you pay $100 down on your credit card, and you're adding that together. So, first month is $2, the next 4 the next 6 the next 8 After a while, you're starting to look at pretty good savings per month, something that actually will make a difference. And as far as an investment goes, I doubt very seriously if you're going to find many investments that are going to return 24% tax-free. And so, as I say, if you've still got credit card debt, I would be using a third of that 10% being yours to keep. I would use a third of that and pay down your credit card debt. That's the category C that you see here. The next thing I would think very seriously about doing is starting to just put some cash away to get a savings account, an emergency account. And in addition to that, I would also be building a pantry up. The things that you buy today, because of the way inflation has been running these last several years, are gonna be on sale. So if you buy a five-pound bag of beans for a dollar this month, next month it may cost you a dollar ten. And so you're gonna anything you put in your pantry that you're going to use you're going to actually be saving money in the long run and so this first category category a put that into cash or into your pantry or split it up into both and that's going to be on a three thousand dollar per month take home pay after giving and and taxes or three hundred dollars a month for the first ten percent yours to keep put that again into this first category one third of it that'll be hundred dollars a month And even if you split it up $50 in cash and $50 into your pantry, you're not going to be disappointed. The one thing I would caution you with on this pantry is make sure this is items that you typically use. You know you're going to use things like like paper towels and, and toilet paper and toothpaste and deodorant and things like that. So these are things that don't go bad very quickly. And so you can start stocking up on these items. And the beauty of building up your pantry is you can kind of look at the items that you typically use and buy the ones that are on sale that month to start stocking up your pantry. Now the first thing I'd do is I'd get some food items. Uh, Obviously food items are perishable but there are some that have a longer term as far as the, the, the length that they will last. Things like beans and rice are going to be excellent things to put into your pantry. It's not going to cost you a lot of money to put aside a, an entire month's worth of food in beans and rice. And it, you never know, that may come in handy someday. So this is what I would do with the Category A. With one-third of this 10% is mine to keep, $100 a month, i would split it up between cash and your pantry and the cash is for obvious reasons you might you might have a repair bill that you weren't expecting well fifty dollars isn't going to cover that very well but if you've been saving that for ten months without having to dip into it now you've got five hundred dollars cash in savings to be able to pay for a repair bill and that'll, that'll certainly pay for, for a repair bill on your car or, or, or your furnace or, or something like that. I realize that if it's a really big bill you're going to need more than that but again all the more reason to start putting aside some cash now into an emergency fund. Well, the last category, well I've got it as category B, but, but the other category I wanted to talk about today is your investment and when we talk about yours to keep this investment account is something that's going to be able to grow and it will grow very nicely through the years because while you may just be starting off with a hundred dollars a month right now in a few years you might be able to double that or triple that you might find that you've got cash that comes in from an inheritance that you weren't expecting or a tax refund that you weren't counting on. And you can just take that entire inheritance, that entire tax refund you weren't expecting, and after you give whatever you want to give on that, then you can just split it into these three categories, A, B, and C, between these items that we've been talking about. But a third of it Stick towards an investment and make it an investment that you feel pretty confident in. Do some research on that investment before you start investing. A lot of people like mutual funds. I've invested a little bit in that. That's, that's for longer term and obviously this mind to keep is, is with an idea of, of a longer term. And so you might just get into a mutual fund that, that reflects the S&P 500 or the Dow 30 or something like that. Maybe there are certain areas that you think are the wave of the future. You might be investing in a mutual fund that concentrates on, on oil stocks and things like that. But whatever it is, do a little research and ask around, find out the different investment brokerage firms that, that there are and find out what they're going to charge you per month to set up something like that, but you can actually get $100 just taken right out of your account every month that just goes to that investment firm that you never see, and it can go into a mutual fund. Again, that's not for everybody, and you have to understand that the stock market has wild ups and downs, and so there will be times if you're always looking to see how much you're worth, that you're going to be disappointed and so I would, I would issue that caution. But the same caution for the next category and that's in precious metals and this is an area I want to talk about perhaps a little bit more today because this is something that I have a lot of experience in. I started investing in, in silver in nineteen eighty one. It was a monthly accumulation program that I got into or a silver accumulation program and it was it was through EF Hutton. And I just would, I would go down and I would I would give part of my paycheck to them and they would buy a certain amount of silver. And they said, that's what we've got in our fund. Well, as the years went by, I started investing a little bit differently than that. And I would get physical silver, maybe an ounce round or a little one ounce bar or something like that. I bought a lot of junk silver, which is just 90% U.S. coins that were minted 1964 and before that. And you can usually buy these things for for fairly low premium. If uh, I think today, silver is going in for about $23 an ounce. And you can shop around and find a premium that's probably not going to be much more than a couple of dollars an ounce over that. So you should be able to, to get an ounce of silver for $25 as of today, and today I I believe is is Friday, February the 23rd, so that'll give of 2024, so that'll give you an idea about what silver was going for on that date. But again, the, the thing that I really like about silver is this, when I was born in the year 1960 you could take a quarter and buy a gallon of gas. Well. After 1964, they stopped making quarters out of silver. But if you had that same silver quarter today, you could sell it probably for about $4.20 today which if you if you think about it gallon of gas cost 25 cents a gallon in 1960 you can probably get a gallon of gas in most places for $4 or less today i think in the area that i'm at gas is about $2.80 a gallon right now so my point is that silver, while it may not be a tremendous get-rich-quick investment, nor should you invest it for that, it does hold its value pretty well as the years go by. Now, I've heard some people dispute this, and, I, and they may have some points on that. All I can tell you is I've invested in it for 42 years now, or or a little over 42 years now. And this is what I have found during those years, is silver, for the most part, holds its value. And especially if you're just investing on a monthly basis, because in, in that way, just like in stocks or mutual funds, your dollar cost averaging. So when the market is up, you're paying a little bit more. But when the market is down, you're getting a little bit more. And over time, you're going to find that silver and gold, but silver will hold its value very nicely. And there will also be periods of time where silver really goes up in value. And these are times when that happens that it's not a bad idea to take some of your profits off of the table. Maybe maybe sell a third of your silver, half of your silver, or a tenth, whatever you've decided in advance when you make a certain profit. Now, a lot of people will say, well, don't do that. You're going to have to pay income taxes on it. And of course, you'll have to pay income taxes on your profit. The government always wants their, their part. But look at it this way. Would you rather pay 85, get, get 85% of a profit or would you rather get 0% of nothing? Well, most of us would rather take 85% of a profit. So even though you're going to be given 15% or more than that, depending on your tax bracket, to the government, you're still going to be making a nice sum. And you might find that by selling, when silver goes way up, all of a sudden, that you can come back a few months later and buy it back for a little bit less and if you can't well the rest of your holdings will be going up so you'll still be in good shape but again this idea of silver it's not for everybody and you want to look into it and you want to find a good place to buy it from i'm going to give you several recommendations first and foremost if you have a coin store that is near you go in and and talk to the coin dealer. Find a a time where he's not just swamped with business so he'll have a time uh, to be able to maybe sit down and talk with you or she'll have a time to sit down and talk with you and and just find out a little bit about different things and and they're going to be more than willing to talk to you especially if they think they're going to get your business through the years but a local coin dealer is always nice because you have some place you can drive to buy something each month or sell something when you want to sell it. Now I have found also some very good uh, online dealers, Uh, one of my favorite ones is a guy by the name of Brian Vermilion. he he is in uh, uh, Florida and he probably has the best premiums that I have ever seen. Uh, Now I've got a pretty good local dealer too, his name is Tom Stout Namarillo and he's always had a pretty good a pretty fair premium on, on everything that he sells, as well as the things that he buys back. And so I always appreciated Tom. I think he's about to, to retire up there in Amarillo, but he's got a son named Brett who's a really nice guy. If you're in Amarillo, go in and talk to him. They're stout, safe storage, and they could give you some tips on that. But again, uh, if you're, if you're going to do it online, Brian Vermilion is an excellent place to start with again he's in i believe it's called spring lake florida but if you look it up on youtube you're going to find some videos that brian puts up usually a couple times a week and he will show you on those videos exactly what he's buying and exactly what he's selling his silver and gold for and it's very nice to have something that 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 is that transparent that that is that up front. He has his telephone number on this so you can call him up. I would be very uh, respectful of his time because they're a very busy uh, dealership. Because their premiums are so favorable, they do a lot of business. And so have, uh, have some respect for their time when you do call and, and talk to them. But there, that's going to be a great source. There's another one that I've learned of, I believe, from, from a, a, a silver video or or a man that makes silver videos every week, and he has been doing one on Harry's Coin Shop, which I think is in Chicago, and I've really enjoyed listening to those. I can't remember if the guy's name that's doing the videos is Silver Dragon or who he is, but, but that's one worth looking into. Again, Harry's Coin Shop and I really like watching his videos. Harry has been in the business for quite a number of years. I've never dealt with him specifically, but he really seems like a nice guy. His premiums are posted on the board when you walk into his shop, or when you call him up, you can, you can ask him, but again, he seems like a very reputable dealer, very honest man, and again, Maybe somebody you'll want to call up and talk to if he has the time that day. And then the third one that I really like is is Yankee Stacking does some silver videos every week. And very often he will interview a man by the name of Tim who has a coin shop in New Hampshire. And Tim is just a very knowledgeable dealer, and, and usually it looks like has pretty good premiums on his silver and gold. He's always swamped, and so if you are going to call him up, make sure you know what questions you want to ask, and don't keep him on the line for too long. But I have an idea. He'll be glad to answer any questions that you might have. There are other uh, ones online, SD Bullion, JM Bullion. Uh, you can go to their websites and see right off their website the premiums that they charge as and the postage that they're going to charge you for that as well. So again, if you're going to be investing in something like precious metals, these are great places to start with. Look at a bunch of different places, look at different sources, educate yourself before you jump into it. And then if you want to take about $100 a month, that's not a bad way to start putting your money aside. And there's one other thing that I want to add about silver is if you buy an ounce of silver until you sell it, or somebody steals it, you've still got an ounce of silver. You're not losing anything by holding on to it. Now, there are market fluctuations, sure enough. You might buy it for $30 an ounce and it may go down to $20 an ounce. That's certainly a possibility. But by using such a small portion of your monthly savings, you're essentially using it as a wealth insurance. Only this is a type of insurance that will never go to zero. If you buy fire insurance and you don't use it this month, well you lose your whole premium. You're not sorry you lost the premium, you liked the insurance, but you don't get anything out of it after that month's premium is used up. But if you buy a hundred dollars worth of silver this month, more than likely next month you're going to have about a hundred dollars worth of silver and in ten years from now you might have five hundred dollars worth of silver with the same amount that you bought this month. Now again, silver can go up and down, it's got wild fluctuations just like the stock market does but this is something that you can hold in your hand, it's something that you have to where you can convert it instantly to cash if you go into a reputable dealer, but again find a type of silver that's going to be readily marketable. 90% silver, that's half dollars, quarters, dimes that were minted before 1965, so 1964 or before, are always going to have a good market. Silver Eagles, US Silver Eagles, usually you'll pay a premium from maybe three dollars an ounce to six dollars an ounce over spot uh, or over the current price. Uh, for that, but you'll get a little bit of that back because when you sell it you get a better premium on that. But U.S. Silver Eagles are also an excellent investment. Just generic rounds, if they're brand new and not tarnished, if they're still in the tube, they usually come in tubes of 20 or 25, and if you can keep them nice, if you can keep them at a little hands, uh, you'll find that that's a great way to accumulate it. And you can usually get an ounce of silver for maybe two dollars an ounce premium or less depending on what the cycle is doing at any given time. And again, you just look around, shop around, but if you stick with ninety percent silver, US Silver Eagles, and, and generic rounds that are stamped right on it, one ounce .999 silver, and you get it from a dealer, you're going to do pretty well with that, and you're going to be able to sell that pretty quick. And the other thing is something like real estate. You might you might have a, an opportunity to to invest in real estate. Maybe you've got more than a hundred dollars a month that you're able to put into that. Well, you might be able to save up with a hundred dollars a month, a down payment And you're going to find good deals as the years go by. Sometimes they're terrible for buying real estate. Other times it seems like there are people just begging to give it away. And so if you're putting your cash aside to save up for a down payment or putting it aside in metals or something like that to save up for a down payment, then you can get into real estate in that way without it breaking the bank. So, a little bit of strategy perhaps on this. It's certainly not advice because your situation is going to be different from person to person, but this particular strategy is not bad. If you'll take 10% of your take-home pay after giving and put it into two or three categories such as cash in a pantry, um Another category, some kind of an investment like mutual funds or precious metals or real estate. Again, you can only buy so much real estate for $100 a month. Or using part of it to pay down a credit card, you're going to find that you're starting to not only pay down debt, but you're also starting to get savings and investments that as they grow are going to put you into better and better condition, maybe someday to do things that you've only dreamed about Right now, Well, that's the video for today. I hope that this helps. I hope it's something that you find interesting. If, if this video does help you, do me a favor, subscribe to it. It'll get the video out to more people. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them. I'm always looking to see if there are questions so I can answer them in as timely a way as possible. But again, thank you for tuning in. One last thought. Jesus was very clear in this precept. You cannot serve both God and money. As you're thinking about different investments, different strategies to pay off debt, and so on, if you are doing them under the big picture of trying to be a better servant of God, you're going to do well. But if you turn any of these things into an idol, then you're going to meet with disaster, because Jesus said you cannot serve to God. You cannot serve God and money. And so don't try to do that. Use this to try and be a better servant to God it will give you confidence. It will it will take some worry away from you once you get your finances under control. And it's also kind of fun to be able to look into different things and to dream about doing different things as as your investments pay off through the years. Well, that's all for today. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you'll come back and join us next time.